Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. As always, I'll be joined by my co hosts, Ben and Evan. And I've got to shout out our longtime sponsor, Radar Toys, right here in Eugene, Oregon. I went down there just the other day at the time this was edited. Uh, the first issue of Batman 89, the miniseries, just dropped. And so I went and subscribed and added that to my box. I hope you guys do the same. Uh, we are going to continue the second season martial arts umbrella here in the DC animated universe with Jason O'Mara and company. Uh, that's right, it's the direct sequel to Son of Batman. We are having quite a few laughs today on this episode, talking all about Batman versus Robin. Stay tuned. All right, let's do it. This is Batman versus Robin, 2015, directed by Jay Oliva, who we know from Under the Red Hood, and I believe, didn't he do Dark Knight Returns? I don't know. Is that why this one is so violent? <laughs> Maybe, I don't uh, know. I love it. Did he not do the one before this? Batman and Son Son of Batman? I don't think so. Let me pull my notes. Son of Batman, yeah, directed by Ethan Spaulding. Uh-huh. So the visual like the art style is the same the animation is the same but everything else looks very different yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's great i love the way this one plays out um written by jm de mateus starring jason omara as batman Stuart allen jeremy sisto and gray griffin composed by frederick weidman i believe once again i think that name is familiar from the last film that we watched so initial thoughts on batman versus robin I got no initial thoughts because they'd be all my summary thoughts. Okay. So no I like thoughts. this more than Son of Batman. Yeah. I, kind of across the board. I felt right away there was kind of an improvement. I, I do like the opening of Son of Batman, but I felt pretty early on like, oh, wow, this is, it felt more real, you know? I don't necessarily want to say it's not all over the place because it is kind of all over the place like that one was where it's a lot of stories, comic stories we've read all kind of mishmashed together in one thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of uh, clever, actually. And having seen these before, I forgot a lot of what was in this one. Mm. I, I think most of my recollection of this era was the first and third one. Uh-huh. This one had some cool stuff. We're going to get some Court of Owls. Uh, this opens with the Batmobile driving into Ichabod before revealing that Damien stole it, <laughs> and it's not Batman inside. And Robin is investigating some missing children. Uh, they're speaking over earpieces, and, and Batman orders him to wait, which, of course, he doesn't because he's Damien. But he says he will. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, of course, no problem. You know me. I'll wait for you. Yeah. Robin finds kids in cages, and uh, Donald Trump, oh, sorry, Joe Biden, I'm sorry, <laughs> Dollmaker... <laughs> not Toy Man, attacks, and this is the most surprising casting I have ever experienced. Did either of you guys read who does the voice for Dollmaker? I did, but is that really who it is? Or it's is Weird Al. Other? I saw his name in the list, and I completely forgot once I started watching the I movie. saw it, and I immediately paused and looked up who the fuck it was, went to YouTube and rewatched the scenes. You could hear it once you knew it? You can hear it in the second scene particularly, but he's, yeah, he's really uh, doing a great job because it does not sound like him. I didn't take the time to go back and rewatch it, but I did note that in the credits. And then I was telling Amber about that. That would seem like such a weird coincidence because how rare of a name is this? But, <laughs> weird but, Al Yankovic? Yeah. yeah, but still, he's not credited in that way, not like as that artist or that persona. It's just a name, so I thought maybe it really wasn't, nor have I ever known him to do acting. voice yeah. acting. And, Let alone a serious role. Yeah. And a really menacing role, too. Yeah. yeah. That guy's really buff to have all those kids do the fighting for him. <laughs> He's lazy, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he got buffed through laziness. I'm both of those things, yeah. Yeah, buffed Well, when he's building lazy. all those giant Japanese robots, that's what gets his muscles super just, like, yoked out. This is an immediate telling you what you're getting with this film. It's, like, children who have been kidnapped and, like, had arms removed and had weapons installed and now they're fighting for a psycho killer. 
It's like the first five minutes of this movie. And at first, it sort of looked like, because Dollmaker did the Joker shit. And so when they first show him kind of shadowy, I was like, oh shit, did he cut off kids' faces and wear them? Yeah. But then it more looks like they're masks. But he cut off their arms, or unless he was like capturing amputees. Yeah, it definitely uh, was pretty gnarly. And it also establishes the rift in you know, this mentoring of Damien as Robin before anything happens. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting that right out of the gate. He had that really nice dig at Batman, which I think only a child could get away with saying, which is like, oh yeah, I forgot, this is your special interest. Victimize children. <laughs> it was like if an adult said that to Batman, that'd be fucked up. <laughs> Fighting words. This place is like Sid's room in Toy Story gone extra bad. <laughs> and there's a great Batman entrance into this scene, busts through the ceiling, we see him jump out of the Batwing and, and, and do it, but like it's from point of view of him landing on you, kind of, like the Tim Burton break through the ceiling that Schumacher used in everyone after that. Like, I from love that, that seal music video, I know. Yeah, from the seal <laughs> video, exactly. Batman sets the kids free and says, you're safe, I swear to you. And all I could think of was, swear to me. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> yeah, how comforting. <laughs> but uh, Robin goes after the uh, uber creepy doll maker and exercises quite a bit of restraint because he is about to kill him and... You can see kind of... I mean, they do a great job. This is a cartoon. And you can see kind of in his face him wrestling with the, like, I can't do it, you know? And then Talon appears out of nowhere, kills the guy, said, you should trust your instincts, and disappears, only for Batman to show up and be like, you fucking killed the guy! (laughs) (laughs) But I like Damon's response. He's like, you think I did this? You believe that I fucking did that? Well, who did it? I don't know. Figure it out for yourself. I don't often see Batman like comforting something and the kid gets out of the cage and he gives the kid a hug. And I was like, wow, that's a, uh... not that he's not capable. You just don't see it. We get a lot of Batman as a badass and not as a comforting a child in a bad time. A person yeah. who saves people. That's what he does. Yeah. It's something you don't really see outside of the animated series episodes or something. Totally. I thought that it was nice. I kind of felt it. Bruce has a dinner date at the mansion with Samantha Vanover. He tells her that his father's motto, tomorrow is just a dream away. Which Tomorrow is just a dream away. <laughs> like Franny. Like the musical <laughs> Franny. No, that's when I'm starting to think, oh, wait, isn't that in the speech he gave in the beginning of Court of Owls? I think it is. The book, uh, yeah, in the oh, book, uh, it opens yeah. and closes with the same speech, and I think that's it. I just had the thought of like, man, Thomas Wayne sure said a lot of shit because he's constantly <laughs> has like these very important lines that have resonated with Bruce. And- yeah, he's quotable. <laughs> <laughs> they stumble upon Damien, who is explained away quickly as his next ward. But, you know, nothing's official, so we don't want anyone to know. <laughs> so I have this secret boy What in if my I change house. my mind? <laughs> I don't want people to be all mad at me. Secret boy. Yeah. What, you don't have a secret boy? I thought everyone had a secret boy. It will boy. all be official later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just waiting till he turns 18 and we can go public <laughs> with this relationship. Proper reveal. Bruce actually displays some parenting advice, as Evan kind of hinted at here, that this is a maybe a a more mature Batman. And he invites Damien to relax and watch a movie with him. Like, they're clearly not getting along from the outset, so, all right, here's an olive branch, something we can do together. I like that. Yeah, everybody loves popcorn. Wait, does everybody love popcorn? I don't like popcorn. I had to stop and make popcorn when they did it. I actually did. (laughs) That's like like somebody like sees someone drink in a movie. He's like, I should get a drink. Yeah, that's some embedded uh, subliminal messages. (laughs) I loathe advertising, but when it comes to food, always works. Always works. I loathe advertising. I just love buying stuff. (laughs) No, I just like anytime they're showing some. Whatever the fuck they're selling, I'm like, you sons of bitches, you think we're so fucking stupid? And then the next commercial is like a Domino's pizza, and I'm like, I want pizza. We but should get Domino's. Damn, that looks good. Yeah. Look at these you sh- just, stupid You just pick and choose your genres? Yeah, it's my one uh, 
vulnerability. You know, it's like where Catwoman got her claw under the armor. That's my hole in the she armor. Slipped that Domino's pizza right up under your armor. Oh yeah, it's the only time you're hypocritical. Did I mention I put on weight? All right, so <laughs> your body mentioned it. I didn't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> that T-shirt's holding on for dear life, buddy. <laughs> Damien fails to escape. I could only do that to you. I'd feel really bad doing that to almost any other person. (laughs) (laughs) Damien fails to escape the premises through a formidable security system. That was so weird to me. And then Bruce tells him that he just doesn't, he doesn't trust him to go out on his own. Like, I think you murdered a dude without saying, I think you murdered a dude. We'll split the difference. You can't leave. (laughs) (laughs) We both know what this is, but... We don't have to go there. Bruce takes off and says, I got you a sitter. And he leaves. I sort of was like, because there's a little beat there where they don't show it. And I'm like, is he joking? Maybe it's Alfred. And then actually Dick shows up. And he trains this very indignant Damien who does not want to be trained. And quickly shows he doesn't exactly need to be trained by Dick. Sure. Uh, they kind of have at it. I, I really like their exchange, though, about like, you think you're the only Robin, or, well, you're not really blood, and their whole shit. That sets the stage for me of where Damien still needs Batman, needs Batman's training and guidance, and needs Nightwing's training and guidance, but it's not the same training that the other Robins needed. Like, Dick needed yes. someone to teach him how to fight. He was an acrobat, but he needed someone to teach him how to fight and yeah. do detective stuff. Where, like, Damien already kind of had that. He needs, like, moral guidance and... How to be a human being. Yeah. Why, this is why we do it. This is why we do it the way we do it. And I don't know if Bruce Wayne is the best guy to teach someone how to be a human being. <laughs> well, because it'd be like most people who aren't bad guys already have that stuff. So most people need the other stuff. They need to learn how to fight a room full of people and be a ninja and all that. They don't need... Don't execute every enemy you meet. That's not necessarily yeah. the training they would need. There's a shot that shows the Wayne Manor grounds, and it got me thinking about the time frame of this movie versus the other movie. It couldn't be before Son of Batman, so it has to be after Batman. But anyways, all the lawn animals have all grown back. <laughs> <laughs> they should have put that in as an Easter egg in the background that they're all chopped up. up heads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it still hasn't been cleaned up. When they... They're sparring, and I think that that's a cool scene. It's a good fight scene, and it's a cool scene. But I was thinking about, like, Damien is super trained. He's not superhuman. He's just a highly skilled kid. But I was thinking about how weird would it be to full-on punch or kick a kid and Nightwing's doing what? it. Well, well, like you Nightwing's don't know? <laughs> Come on. No, I don't, I don't know. That's, oh, you, you, Nightwing does it without hesitation. And then also... He is super skilled, but how hard can a kid even hit? Well, I think knowing where to hit would supersede that, but that's a good point because Damien's fast and small and very well trained, but also a kid getting hit by an adult, it would be a bigger setback than it looks like. Well, if you had two adults in different weight classes, a heavyweight will always... Yeah. Trounce a lightweight and never vice versa. But those are always top of their game fighters. We're like yeah. a lightweight professional fighter versus a large muscular person who's not a professional. <laughs> a bar bouncer. Yeah, would probably <laughs> still kick his ass because there's that skill difference. And I think that's what you're supposed to take away from all these superheroes, but especially the bad people, that they are so skilled and so trained that that's what gives them the edge against even someone, you know three times or four times the weight and size. And I think uh-huh. with Damien, there's like, there's a line where some of it, just like in the last one, physically doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, doesn't matter how much leverage you have, you can't drag a 400-pound guy. He's not, he could not be strong enough. For that. Yeah. But the other stuff of like, knowing exactly how to throw a punch I mean, at the exact right spot. What about an adult woman? Do you think she could move uh, the corpse of her adult uh, half-burned brother um, if, from, from, from if, the driver's seat to the passenger if he seat. he was all decomposed. And then back to the driver's well, seat first again. first off, I've seen Gary Frank's artwork. All the women are ripped. So, <laughs> yes. And she would make pulleys because you can lift stuff with pulleys if you have a pulley system. I, I think the bigger question is like, how does she do all that and stay clean at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> That's her special skill and superpower. <laughs> all right. So, Batman is leaving. We know this, but he's going to investigate the Court of Owls. 
We have this flashback, and I realize immediately, holy shit, Kevin Conroy is Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Fantastic uh-huh. little cameo. He is telling young Bruce a bedtime story about the Court of Owls. Why he would do this is beyond me. <laughs> rich people. Uh-huh. Yeah, fucking rich people, man. Like, <laughs> son, I know it's bedtime. Have you ever read The Most Dangerous Game? <laughs> <laughs> you really need to watch out for other this. humans. <laughs> Only thinking about this now, but... I always thought it was funny that in Sleepy Hollow, the mom who's the midwife goes to tuck in her kid, but then the night light for his room is this like circling light thing that has the silhouettes cut out of like witches and ghouls. Like and a zoetrope stuff. where it spins around kind of. Yeah, it spins mm. around the oh. room projecting the light on the walls, but it's all this creepy Halloween stuff. Of course, it's just Tim Burton, but like, why on earth? Why <laughs> Your child is not comforted by this. Why are you doing this right now? Don't forget, witches are out there. <laughs> it's like the creepy little mobiles in the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Like, Merry Christmas. So flashback to the Wayne's murder and a young Bruce investigating the Court of Owls. We see him go to Harbor House, which my memory escapes me a little bit. I think that he did most of his investigation into that stuff as year one era Batman and came up empty. I feel like he was maybe a a teenager because in the original story, he got stuck in the house for like a week. Yeah, I thought he was young. He got trapped in the attic or something. Okay, like that. but I don't think he was. This kid seems like he's eight or something. Yeah, he's like in he elementary school. That. Easy. Yeah, and so I, I thought that was different, but I couldn't remember how different. I don't believe he was Batman. I believe he was a child. Okay. Yeah, and he got stuck there, and that was part of the fear of it. But he didn't find anything. Gotcha. I also do want to say that I really like the choice of young Bruce Wayne as the exact same character model and voice actor as Damien. The only difference might be the eye color is different. But it's just yeah, really, it's yeah. neat uh-huh. to see because Damien has like no fear and he's an asshole and a badass. Yeah. Young Bruce Wayne is afraid of everything and he's sweet and like just <laughs> yeah. to see that same character but totally different. Yeah. And also when you get to see future Damien, how they make him look like him but also yeah. Bruce Wayne-esque yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I liked that they did such a good job in this weaving a totally different storyline into this story without being like the animated court of owls sure and when the talent first shows up i was like what the shit is going on (laughs) i was just hoped that they weren't gonna use him as a goon or something but then i was surprised at the way that they utilized that story in the telling of this story the talent wasn't lincoln march was it or was he like the main talent and then he becomes Owl Man? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. And and I think there's two ways in which this diverges significantly. One, that was Bruce alone as Batman. This Bruce has a Robin, which already makes it a different dynamic. That story, they all exist. They're just not really in it. Because remember when we were introduced to the Snyder's Batman, all the Robins are there, Damien on up. Yeah, but he's going through this whole story by himself yeah. like there's no side characters mm-hmm. really in this part until i don't think until death of the family but he's also not the only talent they call him talent but there's a lot of them already and in the very next scene he's like the head he's, talent he's ambushed by a shitload of them you know all carved up and stabbed and if i remember correctly he was the only one until they reveal all these incubation chambers with all these little coffins, you know. Mm. Um, I think that was like the book two segue or something was... Yeah, uh, you're right. The reveal of the many, and then that's how the book two starts with mm-hmm. fighting all yeah, the talent. Yeah, because like they established this one guy is so hard to beat by himself, mm-hmm. and then like, oh, there's a never-ending line of these dudes. How are you going to stop that? This kind of... Mm-hmm. Got in between that, because like I, one of us mentioned during that that part of the reason why it gives him so much trouble the first time is because he's drugged yeah. and been in that maze for a week and he's just he's not at his full game. Yeah. Cause then when he fights him in his bathrobe, he takes them all on at the house. <laughs> true. So true. like this is kind of both of that where he he's taking on a group of them from the beginning, but he also loses. Maybe just because he wasn't prepared enough. Yeah, I mean he gets ambushed and just kind of swarmed by these dudes. These things are pretty undead. Yeah. yeah. That would be hard. This is a great fight though. Yeah. First of many. This, he the cartoons have a real way of not making cuts seem all that bad. And I think that being <laughs> cut would be just terrible. Like You go into shock, I think, more yeah, often than not. Yeah, it's something that's like totally different from being shot. And the cut that you imagine 
they're two knuckles deep. These are these are inc- <laughs> these are incredibly deep cuts. And they all the need stitches. That, yeah, but in the way the, they're reacted to, though, is that they are all like surface level scratches. Nothings. Because yeah. yeah, because having that would I think would just like entirely rob your muscles of their functionality. Like if you got cut across the bicep, then you're probably your bicep doesn't work anymore because it's disconnected yeah. from the top and the bottom and the part that makes it do its thing. And you lose too much blood and all the pain of it throws your body yeah. into a shock and you just stop and working. And he gets cut a ton in this scene. But also that reminds me of Batman Begins. There's the whole like training montage and yeah. there's all the dudes lined up. Roz cut him on his arm, like on his tricep. And so he goes and cuts two other guys on their arm. And like every time I watch that scene, I like wince a little bit. And, and uh-huh. I, you just expect one of them to be like Norm MacDonald, like, ah, Jesus Christ. You know, like, <laughs> ah! like, how do they not move at all? Come on. They're ninjas and they're high on that drug. So they're. Oh, yeah, you're right. They're tripping balls. <laughs> I didn't think about that part. The, this movie, that's another thing where the movie splits the difference, which I guess a lot of comics do too, where it's like all those slashes would be way worse. I don't care how trained you are. I mean, I, there's something to be said where probably you could like power through it or focus away the pain or something, but there's a limit to that. <laughs> yeah. But it goes the other way too, where like people get stabbed or impaled or their limbs get mangled and that sticks or that makes them, that takes them out of the fight. We see that later. So it uh-huh. kind of does both. But this early fight's more of the first one where everything's a scratch. Well, in any case, I do like the realistic violence that if you're going to have all these dudes going at each other, if you're going to have all these dudes going at it, <laughs> I want to see it. That we get to see some bodily fluids. Make it realistic, please. <laughs> so at the same time, Damien sneaks away from Dick, who gets a booty call. And uh, Starfire is who he's talking to on the phone, just in case. Okay. And Robin fucks up. And Robin fucks up some muggers in an alleyway where Talon tries to recruit him. He's criticizing Batman's moral code and uh, he kind of leads him back to his little owl's nest or whatever the fuck you want to call it. (laughs) Great name. No, I think they they called him something. I I I just don't think it's a great name. Yeah, I think that is what they're called. Um, Anyway. Fucking mocking me. At the beginning of that scene, there's, I think, one of my favorite shots in the cartoon is just this very short cityscape mm. when Robin goes to meet the town, and it looks great to me. I yeah, I, I like that sequence. And the only thing I was going to point out is weird is when he's talking shit on Batman and like, you should come with us and we'll show you the real way. you got to trust your instincts and not be inhibited by these rules. And... He starts doing some cool ninja shit to like impress Damien, who would not be impressed by this. But he's stabbing his own masks uh, and cutting his own costumes that are on dummies and shit on the wall. And I'm like, all this to put on a little show for this kid? Like, uh, have you met this kid? You're following him. I had the same thought. But then I also thought, like, yeah, but this guy's so fucking hardcore. He hates all these people anyway. And he hates the <laughs> stupid history of it and the heritage. But I was like, that's a cool costume. Why are you breaking it? <laughs> yeah. Like fuck your costume, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> and right after that, we get a "fuck you, you're not my real dad" argument with uh, Damien and Bruce back at the manor. And uh, he storms out again. I believe this is when Alfred said, "I thought if we disabled it, it would create some trust here. You know, getting rid of the security. Like it's not a prison." Stupid old man. <laughs> Bruce is going to uh, a date with this girl, Samantha, and gets run off the road by the court. Like, four cars with owl masks on all sides of him. And um, they make this entrance to solicit his support? (laughs) Ask him to join? Like, hey, I know we just ruined your $200,000 car. (laughs) It almost kills you, because you can't really plan a car accident without factoring maybe they die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Batman does it all the time. And they don't know that he's Batman? No. So it's, it's a weird excuse for a car action scene. <laughs> Grab him when he's walking somewhere. Yeah, just snag him. It's weird. They just wanted to show off how cool they are. <laughs> so the Grand Master of the court and Talon tour this lab of zombie Talons, and we see kind of the... Austin Powers, Mr. Freeze, cryogenically frozen bodies and shit, you know. Talon and Robin team up 
I don't know about you guys. It just felt very quick. But they actually do team up. And then there's a line explaining, okay, we've been out the last three nights doing this shit. They're like rounding up these mobsters, but Robin still won't kill for him. Talon is giving his personal backstory to try to appeal to Damien, woo him like, hey, I've been where you are. And that's when Batman shows up. There's a, when you see the Talon fight, he's wisecracking. He's like Spider-Man or something. Yeah. And it was a little off-putting at first because I just thought it was dumb. Like, you're a zombie, right? Yeah, or just like, why, why are you doing this? But I gave it a pass because I thought, well, maybe that's supposed to show you that he's not Batman. Or maybe he's just trying to appeal to a kid. That's what I mean. Where like Batman would be like serious and like we do this as a job, take it seriously, do that. Uh-huh. And Talon's like, now we fucking kill him. We make jokes because we're so much better than them. Isn't <laughs> this fun? Sounds like these are mobsters. Their lives don't matter. <laughs> yeah, this seems like a buddy guy trying to make friends with a kid. Like the blues man? Buddy guy. Buddy, buddy guy. <laughs> yeah. Seems like buddy guy. <laughs> With the polka dots. I can't not think about Austin Powers and think about penis pumps. So, uh, <laughs> like, I swear, I don't know. It's, it's not my bag, baby. Like, that One thing. book. It, yeah, <laughs> titled, <laughs> that kind of thing is my bag, baby. I love the random interweaving the Court of Owls stuff and this and the different ways that they use it. And I really liked the imagery in a lot of those things. And I thought a lot of it was really striking and in particularly the, the maze and how bright in the contrast, but then that like zombie coffin room with the white marble and the red coffins and stuff. As soon as they walked through there, I was like, yes, I just like how that, like that as a set is so cool looking to me. I mean, using Capullo as a jumping off point for your film is never a bad way to start. Yep. Good call. Batman swings away with the grappling hook as sort of a tie-in with Under the Red Hood. Robin cuts his cord with a batarang. Because remember, there's that whole thing of like, whose knife is sharp enough to cut one of my lines? You know, And, and in this, he just does it with a batarang. And the look on Batman's face as he is cut loose, because he's flying through the air... But as he's cut loose, he looks back like, you little shit. Like, he just has this, like, total fucking irritated parent expression on his face that I love, even in a, as a cartoon. And then they're they're fighting. And that's when, like, we were talking about Dick and Damien, you know, like, an adult fighting a child. Robin's going for the throat. And I was kind of was like, is this self-defense or child abuse? It's well, both, right? Oh, like, <laughs> I like it because he... They are fighting, but anytime it's going to be too bad for Damien, Batman protects him. It's like they're taking a fall. Batman grabs him and turns so that he's going to take the brunt of the fall. And Damien knows this, though, and I feel like he's using it to his advantage. Like, oh, cool. Well, if we go off the side, he's going to take the hit, and then I can keep kicking the shit out of him. (laughs) Well, I mean, because they they get to the end of that fight, and he's like, if you're going to kill me, then just do it. Yeah. Do it. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, and then he's like, okay, so we're going home, right? Yeah, <laughs> David's like, no, I'm not going home with you. He's like, but you're my secret boy. That's the I, <laughs> I, I just really appreciate any Batman story that can be human and still take into account that this is a person who spends all his time fighting and immersed in violence. So he's going to have a warped way of looking at these sort of things and handling these things. Yeah. And he's going to take being beaten. He's going to take that very differently than a normal person would take being beaten physically. Yeah, for sure. Here is a big reveal. We see Talon out of costume in bed with Samantha. And so here we're getting the impression that they're coming at Bruce from all angles, really. They're trying to directly recruit him. She's trying to get close to him. They're trying to pull Damien away from him. And at this point is when he stumbles on the secret passage in the sewer and Batman finds the court. We see the fountain. We see the whole court. We see the maze. They kind of replace the functionality of the fountain. They said that they had gassed that tunnel that he entered through, but he's still feeling the same like effects and shit. They didn't flip the screen upside down or anything, but... Yeah, it, that was a little bit of a weakness to me because it 
a lot of the G whiz of that set piece initially, they yeah. just completely glossed over. He wasn't there for very long. Where in the original, he was there for a week. He was so haggard by the end of it, and that's what made that special. They still gave him like the burst blood vessel in his eye, and they did a couple little details, but you're right. They had so much more story to tell that they couldn't really... Yeah, in the original story, he was beaten by the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that some of that was like, maybe it'll just be cool for what it is, and maybe anybody who knows will be pleased with what we've been given. He already looks kind of beat up. He does some talking to himself. There is the shot where the court audience is haggard looking. Like they're monsters. Yeah, they don't go so far as to have like, the bat creature or anything like that, but they just give you a little bit. And oh yeah, you're right. That fucking drawing was awesome. They had a whole yeah. cover of it. Yeah. 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 The creature, I think that they're whatever they're like, Oh, it's either cool and it's past or maybe people who have read the book will be happy that we've included that at all. Well, it's like a little bit of what you said before that the idea of like using these set pieces and ideas from other stuff, but not using them in exactly the same way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. using them, but they, Despite me not liking this that much, that one part, generally I think it lands on the side of being cool, like the nods uh-huh. to the other things, and being u- not just nods, but being useful to the story. But that one just hit me a little bit because it was underwhelming compared to the original usage of it. But I really did like the fl- the hallucination flashback. Yeah, I was going to say, they actually uh-huh. do something different, though. They add on it with the sort of almost like Snyderverse Nightmare Batman, well, where, where Damien yeah. is essentially Grim Knight. That looks like the Thomas Wayne Batman design because thomas wayne sort of, yeah with the red eyes and guns that same thing like, he doesn't re- have like the red chest and stuff though but, yeah and yeah. it's more like the grim knight with the guns but just that like we're using elements that already exist in a new way yeah that was interesting yeah i thought that was really cool and the fact that this came out before bvs by a year because they had the whole like trench coat shit and all that mm-hmm. you know that character design is dope the whole uh show up and the bad guy is like, did you really think that I wouldn't have poisoned that tunnel? Seemed pretty anime <laughs> bad guy to me. Yeah, the They're whole thing like, seems pretty uh, anime to me. <laughs> yeah. But the only difference is if this was anime, that would have been a whole episode. Him, He <laughs> yeah. showed up and then they would be explaining that and he'd be having an internal monologue about, oh, I can feel it affecting my, oh, I can't see, blah, blah. And then the end would be uh-huh. him following through and that would be 30 minutes of that. For sure. So Talon brings Damien to the court this time and... He is convinced to unmask. They know he won't kill. How we trust you? How do we know you're not just playing us? And so he unmasks. And there's this sort of like, you know, that old sample that they use in like the Muppets and shit when like a crowd gasps and like, oh, you know, there's sort of one of those moments. And they're like, oh my God, you're Bruce Wayne's ward. And does that mean secret Bruce boy. Wayne is Batman? Yeah, secret boy. And, and, and I'm like, wait a second. So you tell me you motherfuckers are attacking this dude from all angles and didn't know it was the same dude? Like, that was sort of disappointing. But that's, again, what I mean with like the underwhelming, because in the original Court of Owls story, they did know he was Batman. Yeah. Was, they knew where this, it's just not that. It's just a... And I think... But I, I, part of me likes it, because that's the problem I had with Court of Owls, is that it, it sort of bugged me that there was this all-powerful secret society that knew everything. The fact that they're weaker and less omnipotent and they know everything, I I do like. Although it is, they should have known. But But it doesn't make them very menacing when their own plan exposes that they are kind of chasing their tail in a way. But they're not menacing like they are in the comic because the real villain of this is like the Talon. Yeah, sure. The Talon and and the challenges of parent-child relationships that's the villain of the story yeah you know you're right the talent stuff There's no is, Lincoln is almost used in the lex Luthor sort of way of bvs of like okay well we have to put these two characters at odds that's kind of the main thing but how yeah. <laughs> you know so it's kind of the vehicle for that to come to life. And I give it credit because that's an interesting reuse of an existing character idea. The Talon is somebody who's not quite on the level of Batman, but maybe he's up there yeah, getting in there as a wedge between them. And I just, I really didn't like Lincoln March, so not having him around <laughs> was cool. I like that stuff, but where we do get a cool twist here is that they're like, oh shit, 
and they put together the whole Bruce Wayne thing, and then they're like, you got to kill this kid. And he's like, what the fuck? I just brought you this fucking kid. No, no, you got to kill the kid. And he actually kind of pulls a Batman Begins and like, I'm not an executioner, right? And then kills everyone in the room. But he literally kills everyone in the room. It, it's fucking wild, man, watching him just go out. Throwing knives in people's faces. And- everyone. And these are like, the, there's a line earlier that's like, you know, we raised you from a young child or something. Like, we took you in. And he just killed everyone he fucking knows for this one kid. And when he finally corners the Grandmaster and unmasks him, it's Samantha. But, I mean, you kind of knew it was... I didn't. When you thought she was just like the Grandmaster's wife or something and they were banging in their bedroom? I mean, I thought that she was in on it, but it could have been a situation where they had leverage on her or she was just connected they, in some way. They were but, in the bedroom and there was the Grandmaster costume on the wall and then she asked him to do something. He's like, I'm not going to do it. And she's like, come on, you wouldn't refuse an order from the Grandmaster, would you? Oh, she said that. Funny, yeah, because I, I would think I was just taking my notes on like, holy shit, they're in bed together, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I see the court mask. I didn't quite put it together that it was her. So I guess that was more of a, a reveal to me looking at my notes. But um, I, I thought I that was cool. I got distracted by the sex. And the, <laughs> no, but I, I, I did think I won't that say that anything. Was a, I've said enough sexual stuff today. <laughs> I thought that was a cool twist. And it does imply, like I mentioned, what was lacking in Earth 1 Volume 3. We do get the sort of phantasm style. Okay, the mask was doing some of the heavy lifting here in mm. this in this disguise with the voice modulator. Okay, and then she's run through, and that's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> Talon subdues Robin and awakens the army of dead or undead Talons to square off against Batman and Nightwing. This is some great action. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, from the jump off of him killing everyone in the court right into the next scene. There's just so much momentum going here. This is fantastic. Those early scenes, but especially this one, this is not knowing that they're directed by different people, which now yes. makes sense. How much better the fight scenes and the action scenes are in this than Son of Batman. I mean, mm-hmm. We're bad in Son of Batman, but there was just something missing, some energy or something where in this, like, maybe the speed was a little faster because the choreography was good in that too. But It was, is- and you mentioned that, but I think there's something about Oliva being a storyboard artist, I think he's just got a real good eye for blocking out these kind of shots. Yeah, because I mean, there was you felt him anytime Batman would like break an arm or crack somebody's <laughs> neck or just or there was little moments where this is jumping habit where the town and Batman fight, and there's some extended scenes where they're just blocking each other's blows. Yeah, and it looked great because it didn't look like like Dragon Ball Z at its cheapest and worst, where they just animate their hands moving super fast <laughs> and at each other because they didn't want to animate hands hitting each other and I have to figure that out. Yeah, this is definitely some of the better better animation that we've seen from DC. They do a really good job showing you all the action too. I always love action shots that are as close to head to toe as possible. I know that it's that much more to animate, but I really like where the camera moves around and follows the action and where you're really getting to see. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like Watanabe Cowboy Bebop-esque to show like head to toe all of the action and and then it really feels like uh, this is like the closest I could be to being an audience member to this fight scene Mm -hmm. because in no way would my eyeballs ever perceive a fight in just like random clashing fists. (laughs) You know, you'd just be sitting there watching it all go down and I think that that's awesome. The Talons when they're running as a group in this, totally do the like Naruto Shinobi run with their arms back. The head talon, he has a move later when he's fighting, I think, Batman. And he does like a another anime, an Archer thing where he kinda he gets hit and he like he drops his shoulders in his head and then like he spins sideways and around and it just was the, another like, oh, that's anime. That's a, like when, when you sure. were doing it, you look like you were doing thriller. <laughs> it's kinda like a thriller move. Because it's like <laughs> it pulls David, up and they're kind of just like arm. whipping their body around. Yeah, you kinda like flailed your your limp arms and whip and did the like willow smith i whip my hair back and <laughs> yes. forth you know you understood what i was going for cool. yeah, yeah. Yes. i saw the combination every, of influences there yeah yeah every source of inspiration so nightwing gets fucked up real bad and taken out of the picture here uh again the impact of these cuts is real robin escapes from you know where he had been had been tied up and warns alfred that the talents can't survive in the cold, right? They're ambushing the cave. Okay, cool. 
we're going to go to sub-zero temperatures in the cave. This is when we get the Hellbat suit, and I'm thrilled to see this thing in action because it was so briefly used in the book, and to get to see it here is, is really cool. Alfred with a shotgun. That yeah, trailing cool. him, yeah. just oh. fucking... Yeah, oh man, so good. I think one of the Dumped one of those guys that got knocked off the edge had a, a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a good scream. Talon pins the Hellbat suit, Batman, with the Batmobile, which is cool. He fucking just drives on top of it and pins it under the weight of the car. And as Batman gets out, he's stabbed. No, they have a bit of a fight where Batman's like you. You took out my son, or you tried to hurt my son. This is going to hurt, and I'm going to enjoy it. You took my secret boy. (laughs) 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 But they have their fight, and that's where Batman is. I mean, they're going toe-to-toe a little bit, and there's a little bit of balance there. But Batman, to me, clearly seems like he's winning. But then the Talon just gets in close. There's a moment where Batman looks down and realizes he's been stabbed. And this is sort of where Robin intervenes. He gets the sigh from the beginning, right? He had got from... uh, Talon in one of their first run-ins and Bruce had kept under lock and key. So he brings the sigh to this final fight and he puts it to dude's neck who I believe his mask is off at this point, right? This whole whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And then he runs himself through on it. So sort of like, I know you won't kill me, so I'm making you kill me. Yeah. I didn't quite understand his end game here of like well i guess i'm gonna lose now when you still kind of have the upper hand to me it was like he lost he knew he'd lost but everything kind of fell apart for him anyway because like his first plan was to bring this kid to the court of owls so that they could run experiments on him yeah and so there's that reveal of like oh you bastard but then he undoes that by killing all of them to save Damien, but then Damien doesn't want to join him, so he's like, yeah. okay, well, I'm still going to run the experiments on you then if you don't want to do it. So then it's sort of just like this is his suicide by cop moment or something? Yeah, he's everything has not worked for him. He's clearly lost, but he's still like, it's like a Joker thing, like, yeah. you don't want to kill me, trust your instincts, I would kill me, Yeah, I'm going to make you do it, and you'll never forget this moment. Yeah, true. The takeaway right after that, after he forces him to kill him, stabbing his throat with the sigh mm-hmm. and then robin looks down and realizes he also put his pocket watch in his hand and like the moment of oh, disgust when he sees yeah. it there and then throws it down of like you're not my dad I don't want this. and after this we get another sincere batman moment where he says i'm proud of you for not murdering good job son yeah. but that's <laughs> that's rare you know mm. damien vows to leave and find himself Bruce just lets his elementary school son do that. And, that was uh, his suggestion. Dick and Alfred warn him. Like One quote is, he's a 10-year-old boy. No, he only looks like one. Like, yeah, sure, but he still is. <laughs> he's eight, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Correct. You overestimated, yeah. And Bruce drops a little callback to close out the film repeating Alfred's line from earlier, sometimes you've got to have a little faith. The future is just a dream away. Yeah, roll credits. Gotta have faith. (laughs) Yes, and then uh, the George... Why do we fall? The George Michael, Fred Durst collaboration (laughs) happened. Oh, Fred. So that's the end. Easter eggs, do you guys have anything? During that Batman fight in the cave... He always has his costume cylinders, and one of them is like the super old-school Batman with the big old ears costume. Oh, like the 30s one? Yeah, which obviously that's around all the time because he has his costumes, but I like that that yeah. one is pointed out specifically. Well, there's uh, when Nightwing and Robin are fighting. Nightwing pins Robin against the one that has the Robin costume, and then later mm. it's either Damien or yeah. Nightwing again gets like stabbed into that same costume case as the oh, fight nice. and switches to Batman in the talent. I'm going to be Ben Polanski. That's just the writers running out of ideas, okay? Could be true. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know that's not true. I lowered my voice a little to say that, too. You still sounded like a girl, so... Thanks. <laughs> All right. My Easter eggs would be Bruce's dining table at Samantha's date is fucking 15 feet long, like Vic- <laughs> Vicky Vale's date in 89. You want to get out of here? Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've ever been in this room before. The dinosaur skeleton 
reminded me a little bit of, I believe, Black Mirror. That had a dinosaur skeleton. There was like a whale and then a, I don't know. I couldn't quite place it, but there was something very familiar about that. What about Jurassic Park when the <laughs> dinosaurs are wrestling on it? Yeah, at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, pros. What do you got for pros? That action. Woo! Shoot dang, boy! Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Oh, shoot dang, secret boy! <laughs> shoot dang action, that's for sure. Pacing. I really like the pacing of it. Yeah. The whole thing just flew by. I think the last one had really great stuff in it, but I think we had all kind of agreed that there was a bit in the middle where you space out for a little bit or you check your phone or, you know. This one just really kept it going the whole time. This, thankfully, didn't have anything on par with the army of man bats. Yeah. Which is just such a low point in that other one. That There's the army of talons, but that fits with what we've established so far. It was built up to naturally. They're not like, hey, you guys have heard of Kirk Langstrom, right? <laughs> oh, the the parademons from Apocalypse have come in here to join up with the talons. I think I do a little bit better, too, where something is almost entirely set in kind of a single place so that the tone can be similar, and I get a little bit less likely to be taken out of it. Whereas Son of Batman starts at this monastery compound or something, and then it ends up in Gotham and stuff later. Or and then it ends with, up in Ireland. Uh, underwater yeah. Ireland. Yeah. And, uh, hey, boy, or get like, down there. Oh, shoot, man. See that, baby, man. Uh, or with the Dragon One, whatever it was called, that entirely being set in this world. Like, yeah. Okay, cool, I can just stay here. This one, the Court of Owls is an interesting thing, and the design of it, it really contrasts any other thing. It's so pristine and it's so stark that you're not seeing that kind of set design in a lot of other stuff, but I still know that it's just like a weird tangent of Gotham culture and it exists in this same place. So I have a really easy time just buying into this all being this world. Yeah. I think that the action is really good in this. And I really liked the way that they told this story and told kind of the Court of Owls story and then figured out a way to make them exist together. Yeah, I think one of my, my pros here is I think they put a new twist on a familiar story in a cool way. You know, I, I like that they kind of merged these two things and and made it their own in a really successful way. Okay, cons. I, even more than last time, find myself really disliking the faces. Mm. I don't mind. It's kind of like the Scott Snyder or the Greg Capullo thing where the masked faces don't bother me, but just the faces in this, like... The eyes and the, I don't like the facial designs. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Just, I don't think that Bruce Wayne doesn't look good to me. I don't like it. Yeah, it's he looks like a like an alien or something weird. I just don't like it. I felt like adult Damien was cool because I had no reason to no contrasting example to mm -hmm. think that that didn't look good. But this Batman doesn't look like any Batman that I know, and I just don't think that is drawn very well. I didn't have any visual objections. My only con is, and I hate saying it because I like the guy, but... Weird Al didn't do it for you? <laughs> no, Weird Al was a great uh -huh. surprise. I just don't love Jason O'Mara as Batman in this one. I'm, uh -huh. There's just something a little flat in this performance. And he's someone, that, like I said, I do like, but he's hit or miss sometimes. I liked him last time because that was my first exposure to him mm -hmm. so it was novel and fresh yeah but yeah i'm, I'm with you there it's I just agree. it's not like it's not a low enough pitch but there's not enough like gravitas i don't know if that's the right word yes or, yeah there's just something missing about the presence yeah presence. of batman for sure they just, just sound like, like a, a guy. dude yeah yeah okay trifecta detective i can't recall anything in particular i pretty much just put that he was smart enough as a child to locate Harbor House and, and almost get to the bottom of it. Sure. That's funny, though, because for at least that part of the story, the Court of Owls stuff, being such a detective story, to not have any of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. That's true. Ninja? The whole thing. Yep. The whole yeah, thing. It's, it's pretty badass. And trauma. 
I guess Damien's trauma, but even that's not that. Or, I mean, it's more the Talon's trauma. Again, mirrored like a bad childhood, ruined, but with some kind of special story that made him stronger, tougher than regular people. Yeah, and I think Evan mentioned Soul of the Dragon. It kind of ties into the way they did that as well. Whoever their big bad was that was on screen for 30 seconds had a similar, like, oh, yeah, he was raised the snake you know, within this. Yeah. The kid who was going to become the snake the kid, Yeah, exactly, the kid. So they kind of do that here, but better. They also have, obviously, Damien's shit leftover baggage from the previous film and his upbringing. And there's a, there's a moment at the end where I was like, oh, man, that would have been cool if they would have done more with that when he says, like, I have you in my head, you, Batman, and yes. I have Tally in my head, and I have Ra's al Ghul in my head, and you're, you're right. all there, and I don't know. Like, that was cool. I like Obviously, they talked about it before, but I could have used just a little more of that. of Because like, any time he was about to kill someone, it just seemed like, oh, Batman says I'm not supposed to do this. Uh, and I won't do it. Yeah. It was okay, but that could have been just leaned into more, developed more. There's something I like, too, about being able to hear Batman and Damien's interactions. I can only imagine that Batman or Bruce trying to even talk to a kid is probably kind of challenging to him. Yeah. But I feel like he can stretch when a certain type of child is involved. So I always pictured dick or jason or something being more apt to follow orders or a little more patient or i think every other robin besides damien is way more impressed and appreciative of batman's yeah. being batman where damien's like i grew up with like undead assassins yeah. this isn't yeah. cool to me you're actually kind of <laughs> mediocre yeah totally so i think that the special kind of anger that's reserved for like an obstinate child is funny to watch them play out together and then even more so because it's his son. We did also get a couple of Thomas and Martha flashbacks, though. I think every character has some sort of childhood shit in this that is relevant. Well, because it seems like Batman being just a super genius and excellent at deception and either playing the part of Bruce Wayne or being able to segment his personality so that he's genuinely Bruce Wayne at times and genuinely Batman at other times. But the idea that when he's with Damien or Robin or Alfred or these people, he, not because he can't, but because he just won't pretend. So he's still like a fucking weirdo who's not super good with people. When you know, like, he could put on a fake mustache. He's like, I'm Matches Malone. I can talk to anyone and do anything. You know what? Uh-huh. That is exactly the point that I forgot too, but I was thinking of it personally because there have been times where Evan has been like, you know, this thing is kind of like a Sam thing where he is just like, he can't bring himself to do this. And I felt so much of that, like in little moments where like, I saw it was such a big deal that he said, I'm proud of you uh-huh. or little things like that. Cause he's not where, laying that on thick the rest of the time. Yeah. He's not laying it on at all the rest of the time. Yeah. And him being around children, which is what Ev was talking about. Like I have always avoided any possibility of being around kids because I don't, know how to do that i don't understand it's weird you can't talk to them like people but then you're also supposed to talk to them like people and so it's just fucking weird and i don't get man it. what do you think about these wildfires <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't get it you know and they're like oh i like batman too i'm like oh shit have you read the court of owls man <laughs> the thing where he fucking stabbed that guy oh man yeah, yeah. and that's face peeling off mm, yeah cool. and so i relate to all of those things very much that said what is your Final rating. Ev? I'm going to say four because it kept my attention. It was fun. It was good to look at. I liked the twist on a story that I liked already. And I love you guys. So oh, I, I love you too. Aww. Yeah. Ben? It's another three and a half. Yeah. Um, I think the things that held That's it fair. back were, again, I, this is just animation style. I'm not super into this style. It's about as good as... They do this style, though. But I still think Red Hood looked better to me, and Red Hood felt like this. That was earlier. It all goes downhill from here, I'll promise you that. Uh, Like where the technology improves and the budget goes down. Yes. So they lean more on computer stuff, and also just, this looked better than Son of Batman, just across the board, like the way it was shot, the cinematography of it. Yeah. But then the other thing that holds it back for me is just the reusing of stuff we've already seen before. It's not lower, because I thought they reused ideas in interesting ways, so that it wasn't like oh, okay, I've seen this before, give me something new. Yeah, But it, it, some of them I thought were weaker than the originals, and it, again, just not being completely 
a new idea. I've seen this stuff before. Yeah. Literally seen this stuff before. Well, I am going to stick with Ev and give that a four because I think it was pleasantly surprising, something I hadn't seen in a few years. Actually, just I was going to watch it on HBO, and I happened to be trading in some records, and I saw a used copy for like nothing. Mm. And so it's like, oh, cool. I'd be happy to own this. And uh, it was a big step up from the last one. I'm interested to now, in order, watch next. We're going to do Bad Blood which is the third installment in this series. And it's the same writer and same director. That's interesting because I was trying to think, what is the third one? And I'm like, I'm not going to look it up. I refuse to look it up. What is the third <laughs> one? And it's like, I bet you it's Bad Blood. And I've seen Bad Blood before. And, and that's where we get Kate Kane introduced. To me, that was a little weird because since I know everything that happens in that story, I was like, that's a weird next place to go just with how much other stuff is in that and how, much, how many new things are introduced that that's just the next thing right after this. Yeah, and I saw that just on its own, uh, not tied to watching these in order. Uh-huh. So that's why I said I'm interested to see how we digest everything as a series. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's totally different, I really like the animation style from what I've seen of the trailer of Long Halloween and yeah. then that Justice Society cartoon that I got. Did you watch that? that I did. And they have like a very classic comic looking style to me with the bold outlines and it's kind of simple lines. But also the action in Justice Society is really tight. And knowing Long Halloween, I don't know how they're going to like really weave action scenes into that because there's not like a ton. That's not the story that they're telling. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's maybe a little rooftop jumping, some bat cat stuff, but that's about it. Yeah, the like scene a, of him like pulling a, the barbed wall off the brick wall and yeah. that's gonna be so Solomon Grundy yeah. or something but uh, otherwise I don't really know how anyway I hope that they continue to animate stuff like either in this style or of that level of quality but then also tell more stories in the future that are more action oriented because that's like the best pairing right there yeah from the trailer it looked like they stepped up their game for long Halloween for sure it looks great anytime there was a moment in this where I started to go like, well, I don't, I'm not really feeling this. This is dumb. There would immediately be an awesome fight scene. I'm like that was fucking cool. <laughs> that was really cool. I wonder if part of the thing with the budget is like, I think Killing Joke is the most egregious example of just horribly choppy animation. But they got Conroy and Hamill to read the Killing Joke. I bet that's where all their budget went. Sure. You know? Yeah, I know that these teams change all the time, so you don't have that kind of consistency. Like, if you have one director or one animation studio or something all the time, and they're putting out this like top-notch stuff, and then it starts to slip, I like I don't, I don't understand what yeah. what happened. But the fact that these teams are so different and inconsistent, then some of it makes sense to me. And I don't know what would cause this upturn with this great-looking animation to me, but I hope that that's just a continuing thing and whatever stories they tell in the future become just the best fusion of high-quality animation and the action scenes that we're looking for. Well, they're all investments, so you know there's somebody who's looking at them like, you know, that one you did was great, but it really didn't sell what we thought it would. Yeah, or or we heard the feedback about the visuals, you know. Well, that can make it better, but it could be the other way to like, even though people loved it, it didn't sell well enough, so we can't justify spending that kind of money again. Yeah. So whatever you do next, yeah. it's just not going to have that budget, and you have to figure out a way around that. Yeah, I mean, they have been diversifying the casting, that's for sure. I so. just hope DC keeps making some Batman products for us to consume, because there's one edge of their product library that they're really not utilizing. Yeah. Batman. <laughs> yeah, they're really struggling to make more Batman content. Yeah, I heard that it was only like 40% of their uh, <laughs> profit share. Give so. me some Marvel-style what-if. I want, what if Starfire was Batman? Shut what up. Coriander was Batman? That's Fuck what I want. Off. Yeah, I want some side-secret boy stories. <laughs> <laughs> this is Robin. Thanks for checking out the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warman. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. But I want to make a special mention of our listeners abroad because every time I upload a new episode 
on the website, it shows me where they're at, you know, how many downloads and stuff like that. And it's just so exciting when I'm seeing listeners in Australia and the UK and, you know, just the three of us who have been friends forever hanging out and bullshitting about comics and it's spreading around the world. So we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I don't believe I've shouted you out before, but it means a lot. Help us keep spreading the word about the show. If you got the Apple app, give us the five-star rating and review. Drop a comment about what you like on the show. And we will be returning with one of my all-time favorite books. It's a DC Black Label title, The Dark Prince Charming. 